My name is Celeste from Caskill, New York, and you're listening to WGXC Acre 90.7 FM. Saturday, May 1st, tune in the 8th annual Reve broadcast on WGXC. It's 25 hours following the sunrise around the earth and listening to the dawn chorus at places throughout the world. The broadcast starts at midnight Eastern time, starting in London, heading across the Atlantic and picking up sounds from Wave Farm in the 5 a.m. hour. And you hear daybreak across the United States, across the Pacific Ocean, into Asia, Africa, Europe, and back in London at midnight. Tune in all day, May 1st, from midnight to midnight to Reveille on the radio at wgxc.org and go to soundtent.org for more information about this broadcast. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Green County Legislature through the County Initiative Program administered by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the Teabacker Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXE sustaining supporters who provide critical monthly support. Thank you. WGXE is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of FET Press in Hudson, New York. Sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXE as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a WGXE sustaining supporter by investing in community radio every month. Go to WGXE.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. You are now listening to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda here on WGXC 90.7 FM, a twice monthly show where we talk about movies and uh, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks because we're going out to the ball game, baby. But enough of that for now. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. Wow, well, here we are. Another Tuesday night, seven o'clock. The sun is still up. It's Ugh. thrilling. It's <laughs> up and it's warm. It's, it's real warm. warm. <laughs> it's just a delight to be here with you here. Exactly. On WGXC. <laughs> well, I want to hear though about your indoor activities specifically. What have you been watching lately? Oh, I'm so excited to tell you. I've been watching a couple of things lately. I know one we've both been watching, so I'm going to save that. But the, but the first thing I want to talk about is I just watched the new Mortal Kombat movie, which <laughs> just came out. <laughs> oh boy, tell me all about it, baby. Well, it's uh, I believe it's streaming for free on HBO if you have that. Yeah, if you um, have HBO Max. If you have you HBO can... Max. But it is also playing at the drive-in, which I would recommend. Um, and which by is that is the highway drive-in. The highway drive-in in Kuxaki. Um, But it's just, you know... It's silly. It's under two <laughs> hours long, I think. I don't know. It went by so fast. It was like, it was like uh, um, the thing about the new Mortal Kombat movie is that it's not that good, but I had a really good time. And it feels like yeah. the entire thing is just a setup for like the next eight movies or whatever that they're going to be oh, making. Um, so it's just basically just people um fighting which is all you really want and like incredible blood animation technology um good like guts good nice. <laughs> people saying like finish him like all the stuff that you oh. want from a mortal Kombat movie <laughs> awesome yeah. i mean that's kind of the gist that i got from those who've seen it is that it's not good but it's fun which is pretty much what you can say about the original one from the totally. 90s is yeah <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Did they have so you remember in the original Mortal Kombat movie from the 90s mm-hmm. how there's that 
um, it was the beginnings of using some CGI and there's yes. that weird CGI lizard creature. Yes. Is that thing in this movie? There that is, creature? there is a lizard creature in the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Glad. Makes me want to watch it even more. Yeah. It's really oh. fun. Is um, all, a lot of the people in it are hot too, which is nice. Always, you know. <laughs> some eye candy some blood candy a little bit of yeah, everything yeah if I gotta watch them for an hour or more <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be fun yeah uh but yeah Amanda do you want to talk about something that you've yes. seen lately oh my gosh I really do I watched this movie that is brand new it's on Netflix and it is a Netflix movie it's called and it's a kid's movie it's called Finding Ohana um and it is man, like, I just feel I really missed movies that felt this way. It really harkens back to more of some more of an 80s kid adventure movie like the Goonies. It's getting compared a lot to the Goonies because it's a treasure hunting movie. (gasps) Fun. Yeah. So it stars a brand new young actress called named, um, Kia Piahu, whose character's name is Peely, and Peely and her brother and her mom live in New York City, um, but they their grandfather is ill, so they all move back to Oahu, Hawaii, to be with their grandfather and to and it, you get the feeling that um, Peely's mother and grandfather have had a rift between them, so there's some family drama. Um, but Peely is an avid geocacher, so it was very good at treasure hunting and was really into that in New York City. And like a lot of kids who just, just get plucked out of wherever they are, is even though Hawaii is beautiful, she's totally bummed to be have to leave New York City. Um, but in her grandfather's house, she finds this old journal with clues to a... Um, colonial Spanish treasure that's buried somewhere on Oahu Um, and their grandfather needs money to pay his bills so he doesn't lose his house and they go on a journey with some new friends and her sassy older brother who's got a crush like so many older brothers in these movies just like Josh Brolin in the Goonies classic (laughs) Um, they go on an adventure and to try to find this treasure and it's very fun it was extremely sweet and again not only did it have a vibe that I miss in a lot of family movies that are made now um just in that it yeah it just um in in all the way the characters were and their dynamics but also uh you could tell a lot of the sets were hand built and like they just looked really great it had a lot of the the touches that you just don't see as much anymore. Um, like you could tell it was made of foam, yes. not in a bad way. Just it was probably so fun to totally. build these sets, like waterfalls and scary rope ladders. <laughs> it was <laughs> oh, that's really so exciting. fun. Yeah. So that's Finding o- um, Ohana and that's on Netflix and it's brand new. The director is Jude Wang, who I'm not familiar with, um, but they did a great job. It was a total blast and it was very, very sweet. Also had the thing that a lot of movies that we grew up with had as well, which is kind of, you know, like some sad, serious stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which I think a lot of those movies, maybe they still do, but they really tried to kind of add that very adult conflict in these kids movies. Because of course, a lot of kids deal with that in real life. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. it's good like safe way to introduce um serious themes to children totally and so there's some really sappy sweet family drama um yeah it was really wonderful <laughs> nice dude oh I'm excited to watch that that yeah. sounds great <laughs> um and then we <laughs> both saw now now that uh the drive-ins are back open and some new movies are coming out, we can do what we intended to on this show and sometimes talk about brand new movies. Um, One of which is Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. And Jenny, you you know a little more about the director, maybe? Um, I do not remember what his name is, but I know he he actually is not 
<clears throat> so it's produced by some of the same producers who made John Wick and written by, I think, the same guy who wrote John Wick, but it's directed by a guy whose name I don't remember, um, who directed Hardcore Henry, which is not a movie that oh I've God. seen. Oh, I've <laughs> but seen like it. The first it's person. not good. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, the yeah, guy who no, directed I it. I saw it in the movie theater. It's a little weird. <laughs> one. Um, his um, name is Ilya Neischiller. Okay. Neischiller. Uh, it was great. It was so fun. So fun. Uh, if you like action movies, and mind you, there is some gore, some fight gore mm-hmm. in this movie. If you can get down with that, or even love to see that, like myself, highly recommend. Nobody. It was such a blast. Um, Bob Odenkirk is just so great. He really carries it in such a wonderful way. Like it's so, it's just, yeah, it's really fun. I love like this kind of newer trend of action movies that have um, former stunt people working behind the scenes. And like, so the stunt and action scenes feel so much more like grounded and heavy in a good Mm -hmm. way. And it's like very thrilling. (laughs) It's very thrilling to watch somebody who's like really good at action, do action. Totally. (laughs) There's, yeah, yeah. it's the core, the fight choreography is incredibly impressive. I think there's specifically one fight in the movie that I think they probably considered as I do the crown jewel of the fight mm-hmm. scenes in the movie. <laughs> uh, that is just so, so well choreographed. Um, it's so fun. And just to give you a little plot, dear listener, in case you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> nobody is a brand new movie from this year, 2021, starring Bob Odenkirk about a suburban family man with a very, very, very routine, boring lifestyle, uh, kind of on the rocks with the wife. (laughs) His son, his sassy teen son doesn't respect his dad. Um, And uh, one night, some people break into their house and he doesn't take advantage of an opportunity he had to physically defend the family and that kind of sets off a chain reaction that reveals perhaps that this this average joe this nobody if you will (laughs) actually really was somebody in the past he's that's right he's got a past and he's really good at fighting (laughs) <laughs> he has a secret yeah. it's a solid like solidly like an impotence thriller you know yeah, <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, something that I learned which I think is really interesting is the cinematographer for this movie is named Pavel Pogorzelski and he is the guy who's the cinematographer for all of Ari Aster's movies oh wow so who uh, you may know from uh, Midsommar and Hereditary um, so this guy who does these like dark horror movies went ahead and did the cinematography for Nobody also. Ah, oh, fun. And I like that. <laughs> I do too. Nobody was really stellar. Yeah. We, we give it um, five, five fists. Five punching, fists. Five, five out of five punching fists. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. I had a great time. It's also nice. Yeah. Like I love John Wick uh, very much and, but it's much less like nobody is much less serious it's it's a lot more comedic which is kind of fun just like a fun a fun twist yeah (laughs) like we we've talked about part of that is Bob Odenkirk because he has a history of being a comedian and he brings a levity to it Mm -hmm. and the fact that there's a family element to it there's a lot of love in it so it's a little there is more levity than John Wick but that's no insult to John Wick no they're just Just a different flavor (laughs) <laughs> I also there's um there's a fun two fun other like um supporting actors in the movie are Riza from Wu Tang Clan yeah. and Christopher Lloyd yeah. from Back to the Future. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's got it's yeah. got some it's got some sweet treats. It is an enjoyable flick. Uh, I'm gonna actually be bringing up Christopher Lloyd later. <gasps> oh, I wonder um, why. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling yes. that I know. Yeah. What you may be talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so maybe this is a great time to gently transition into our theme. Totally. <laughs> our theme I, for the evening. Yes. Um, Jenny, would you like to tell the people what the theme is? Gosh, I'd love to. So, you know, it's springtime. 
the grass, it's getting greener. The trees, they're blossoming. What's that you smell in the air? Fresh grass? Could it be? Are we there? Do you hear a slight cheer in the distance? The crack of a bat? Uh, It's spring. Time for baseball. (laughs) It's time for baseball. That's right, folks. We're talking baseball movies. Um, It is a really great springtime theme. (laughs) I I chose this theme because it's spring, but also... um, my secret, my secret, Amanda, <laughs> is that, uh, well, it's not really a secret. You know, I know, and many other people know. I mean, I love baseball, but also right now I'm deep into watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine, <laughs> the series, <laughs> and have been for a couple of months and really, you know, keeping that under wraps on the radio. But now, you know, tell um, me. yes, tell them. The, <laughs> the captain of the station, Deep Space Nine. Captain Cisco is really obsessed with baseball. So he talks about it a lot and it's just been on my mind. So oh my gosh. Uh, I really wanted to make us watch some baseball movies. Oh, I didn't know that was the reasoning yeah. behind it. That, that was my secret. Even happier. That is a secret. It was a secret for me. Um, yes. When you, do you want to start us off with something that oh, you watch? Sure. You don't have to. No, I would love to. Um, well, I... I honestly didn't watch as much as I wanted to. It's been, uh, as Amanda knows, my other secret is that I have um, I have a weird rash and it's hard for me to concentrate on things right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, people of the world. <laughs> um, but so I did watch a couple of things. I did watch, um, I started, actually, I started it and didn't finish a movie from 1984, very famous baseball movie, The Natural, starring Robert Redford. Oh. Um, but I didn't finish it because it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't come in. Yeah. <laughs> I just like could not get into it. I'm so sorry. I'm, I know it's a classic and there will no. come a time where I'm going to watch it and love it start to finish. But it just, I got 20 minutes in and I was like, I thought this was a crime thriller. And then no. there wasn't any crime. There's a movie, a baseball movie that I also started and didn't finish. So don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I did watch all the way start to finish. And it was a movie that I had seen before. Um, a League of Their Own. I watched A League of Their Own, which I haven't seen since I was a kid. So it was really nice to sit down and watch the whole thing again. And it's just such a great, another classic and a classic for a reason. Yeah, Um, it's really good. It's so good. If you're not familiar with it, uh, let me give you a little background. It's from 1992. It's currently streaming on HBO. So it's a great time to give it a rewatch or watch it if you haven't before. Um, It's directed by Penny Marshall, who is uh you may know her from Laverne and Shirley she's Laverne (laughs) Um, but she also has directed um a a couple of other movies she directed Big uh and she directed also The Preacher's Wife which you may remember from our (sighs) Christmas episode (laughs) um but basically it's about a group of women who all um, join a new baseball league in the 40s in America because the, all of the men who play in Major League Baseball have been sent off to war in World War II. <laughs> um, so a bunch of women are just like kind of uh, rounded up and brought to Chicago to try out for some teams, uh, including Gina Davis and Lori Petty, who plays her sister, uh, and Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna. It's just like truly stacked, a stacked it's cast. It's a really stacked team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just really sweet. It's just about these women uh, like living very carefree lives while they play on this baseball team together. Um, and it has like a little bit of like a family drama between Gina Davis and Lori Petty. Um, and it's very, very sweet. Uh, Don't forget about their gruff, grumpy manager. <laughs> and Tom Hanks is there. He's mad that he has to manage a bunch of women, but he's there anyway. <laughs> and he's very charming. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just so sweet. And like, I, as I said, I've been having a hard time paying attention to things, but I put it on the other night and like cuddled up on the couch and just like drifted off, not into sleep, but into like a wonderful it took me on a little journey. Mm. It's just like very charming. It also has like a frame narrative of the movie starts with Gina Davis's character uh, as like an older woman 
uh, and then ends with her like meeting up with all the women from the team again when they're all like in their 70s. Oh, and it's so it's sweet. like now and later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they like they're they're all being inducted into like the baseball or like there's like an exhibit on the women's league at the baseball hall of fames. So they're all there to see the exhibit open and it's like oh. very sweet. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely made me tear up. Yeah. Oh, I think that um when I was in high school, I definitely played softball for one season and I think it was a rainy day of practice and we watched a league of their own yeah it's really great it's really good it has many of the hallmarks of a good baseball movie which is like you know um there's a lot of montages of all the coolest parts of baseball you know like literally like every single one of them hitting a ball and like every single one of them sliding into a base and like (sighs) catching balls and throwing them like just like the acting in it the acting of doing baseball in it is very good like it's very convincing like everybody's (sighs) super athletic and like you know there's the underdog element because like they're all women (laughs) it just has so I don't know it just is like such a sweet a team of diff- of people who are really different from each other. <laughs> yeah, like they all have to get along, and, but they form their own family. It's just like very lovely. It's a really nice one. Those are the the kinds of movies that have teams, sporting or otherwise. That's a very easy audience pleaser. Is oh, yeah. A group of different personalities <laughs> coming together to do something great. It's incredibly pleasing. Ugh. Totally. Yeah. It's like we have to get we have, have to get the team together. <laughs> Got to round them all up. Got to round them in. Up. Uh, they all have their own specialties. They're going to learn to love each other, but they're also going to fight. It's yep. very cute. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to tell you about the movies that I watched in the order that I watched them. Oh, please do. That'd be great. So, I'm going to say that all of these movies are a classic in their own way. This one is the most recent movie that I watched. It's from 2001. I'm seeing now as I'm pulling up its stats, if you will, um, that it got an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, I watched 2001's Summer Catch, which I had never seen, but it's very much up my alley because it's a teen rom-drom, romantic comedy drama (laughs) rom-com drama Mm -hmm. um and it's streaming on hbo max it was fine so in when i look at my notes i can see how i loved it when it started and as it went on i was like oh no this movie's not very good (laughs) um but it has many of the trappings of a romance a teen romance from 2001 uh, it stars Freddie Prince Jr. Oh as local boy ball player Ryan Dunn. And when I say local boy, I mean, guess where it's set, Jenny? Cape Cod. He's a Chatham Mass boy. Oh my yep. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually part of what's fun about it is there's lots of mass accents, lots of Cape <laughs> references, which is kind of exciting. Um, and so Freddie Prince Jr. plays in a local league where uh, a lot of scouts come to pull for pro pro ball what do they call that a, no it's a farm team it's like before yeah, yeah, you yeah. get to a farm yeah, team. yeah yeah um yeah so he plays in the cape cod baseball yeah league. um yeah <laughs> and he falls in love with a rich girl whose name is tenley parish tenley <laughs> Yep. Yep. At first I thought they said Henley and I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I realized it was Tenley and I was like, that's still ridiculous. <laughs> um, and Ryan Dunn's dad is played by Fred Ward, who you may recognize from Tremors, yes. who is, is like a gruff, sexy, but like gruff alcoholic dad, who's a landscaper. And that's how he meets Tenley Parish is because they landscape her family's huge property classic so it's really about ryan dunn just trying to do his best at playing ball but like kind of floundering with his commitment to because every everyone in his life all of his his punky friends from his hometown are like we believe in you you're really good and he just doesn't 
know what he really wants to do with his. He knows he wants to play pro ball, but he needs some help maybe believing in himself. Plus he's falling in love. Um, there's a lot of other people that are famous in this because they make up the rest of the, the league team. Um, there's uh, Matthew Lillard in his Lillard prime. <laughs> there's also Fez from that 70s show. Oh my goodness. And there's a whole lot of jokes that don't hold up. Tons of them. Tons yeah. of inappropriate jokes that make me feel uncomfortable because they're at the expense of other people. So <laughs> rough. <laughs> uh, it, it's the kind of stuff that you might expect from a movie from 2001. Um, a lot of Sam Adams product placement. <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of a good will hunting with baseball. That's yeah, really yeah, the yeah. vibe. Cause you get like, you know, like local, uh, poor kid who's, whose brother's like, I didn't make it, but you can. His brother's a bartender. <laughs> it's like, what are you oh doing mess, messing around? Um, and uh, yeah, so here's in my notes, I say this movie suffers from the 2001 humor and the lack of chemistry in the romance, but the flavor of Cape Cod slash small town feels good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, I mean, it, it's, it's not very good. I understand why I got 8%. It's, there's so much of it that feels very close because who doesn't love a small town hero, especially when we're talking about underdog stories mm -hmm. in baseball you know small town boy hometown guy makes big there's all these rich kids that are from you know cities or who are really rude whatever um but yeah it just wraps up really fast like he chooses to pitch really well and some some guy actually the some the a guy from scrubs i forget the actor's name is like a baseball scout who rolls up at the very end of the movie when he decides that he he wants to play pro ball and he wants to get the girl. Uh, he goes to the airport before she leaves and right after he wins the game and the, the, the baseball scout comes there too. And he's like, congratulations, son. Would you like to play for a farm team with a, then a contract to, to play pro ball? <laughs> Tenley Parrish literally has a line that says, let's be together. <laughs> I love um, when like a character's main conflict is like just needing to decide to do something. Yeah. <laughs> like he chose to pitch well yeah. and all his problems went away. Yeah. Like all, all the fun <laughs> background flavor was really there. It was so nice to, there was nice things about watching a movie from 2001, like the soundtrack and mm. just seeing some of those actors faces and the, yeah, the Cape setting all of the flavor was there and you're rooting for this kid because he's a sweetheart. Um, but yeah, as far as just uh, plot structure and character development and chemistry between characters goes, <laughs> it was missing. Yeah. So anyways, um, that's Summer Catch. Summer Catch. I can't believe I haven't seen yeah. that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when it came out and being like, like, oh, I want to see that because everyone was seeing it and it has oh. Freddie Prince Jr. in it. And I don't not recommend it if you really, if you know what you're getting when you watch mm -hmm. a teen romantic comedy from 2001 yeah. starring <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Um, yeah, so that's Summer Catch streaming on HBO Max. There you have it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, that kind of reminds me of one of the other movies that I watched. Um, I watched a movie from 2016, which I had been meaning to watch since it came out, but never got around to it. Uh, cause it's just like, you know, the, the timing was never right, but I watched Richard Linklater's baseball movie. Everybody wants some with two exclamation points at the end. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a real, uh, it's, it's really in the genre of like dudes rock. Cause it's just a bunch of dudes, you know? Dude's rock. Dude's rock. Uh, <laughs> just why I kind of, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like very much like, I mean, it's set in the like late 70s, early 80s. So it definitely. Uh -huh. um, so Linklater of him. So like, it's so very Linklater of him. <laughs> so it's definitely in like the Linklater extended universe of <laughs> like, because it's so 
it's really fun. It's also, uh, oh, I rented it. I rented it on YouTube for like two bucks. Um, I don't think it's streaming for free, unfortunately, anywhere. But um, the, it is very similar to his other movies in that it is just like basically a bunch of guys who are all in college, who are on like the college baseball team are all living in a house together. And it's just like a weekend before the semester starts where they're just like Mm -hmm. hanging out, doing dumb stuff (laughs) that like teenage (laughs) boys do where they're just like hitting each other (laughs) and like do end with like, there's like a 10 minute scene of baseball in it. Um, which is totally so charming like really really fun uh like obviously it has like the trappings of okay it's like 15 mostly white dudes in college in the 80s (laughs) like it definitely Mm -hmm. but it's not but not in a way that is like highly problematic because it was made in 2016 so it's not you know it, it avoids some of the pitfalls that it could absolutely fall into um totally but it's really fun it has a bunch of like not super famous like handsome dudes in it like Wyatt Russell is in it Kurt Russell's kid oh my god Russell, yeah Hans kid. yeah <laughs> and Tyler I Hedlund. love that guy I do too I think he's great yeah just like a bunch of a bunch of like guys who you're like I kind of know who that is but I'm not sure <laughs> yeah um but they yeah. all look really hot and it's really fun it's like very yeah just like a bunch two hours of boys just like goosing each other <laughs> but yeah. I had a great time it was very like this wow. is so silly but I, I truly a delight <laughs> yeah you know Linklater he can hang he can hang he can he's hang. like he totally gets the like the real slice of life like just the way that people actually interact with each other and it's not it's not mean or cruel it's just like funny <laughs> yeah because he, he's also so much about nostalgia yeah. that's his driving force and it's also what a lot of people want to absorb so he has a good totally creator to audience uh, relationship yeah. um, <laughs> and it really that <laughs> mood is so good for baseball too because it is such a like you know America's pastime like very like just the nostalgia is kind of baked into the sport <laughs> it's also like it totally. you know, goes with the seasons like it starts in the spring and ends in the fall like it's very just kind of follows that emotional arc so it's really easy mm-hmm. to attach to it emotionally which obviously like many people are um and mm-hmm. having like a movie that is essentially just about like emotional nostalgia is such a perfect vehicle for like yeah there's a little baseball in there too <laughs> yeah <that's okay>. so good. <laughs> yeah but it was really fun uh if you, it's like it also flew by because it's just it's literally like there's no plot it's just nice (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but it was very Um, funny to watch that uh like right very soon after watching a league of their own which is like all women and then flip right over to the all dudes movie (laughs) the other side of the coin yeah Yeah. (laughs) um well i watched a movie i'm glad that you brought up link later because this is definitely the movie that made Linklater make that movie talk about nostalgia because he's of the generation of people that grew up with the good old bad news bears, baby, <laughs> yeah. 1976. Um, and I f- forget where it's streaming. I am so sorry, but um, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. I, so Just I've look never, <laughs> I've never seen this movie. I actually saw the Linklater remake of it. I didn't even know. Which, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's great because it. I, I actually prefer the remake to this original. I haven't seen the remake since it came out, but it does have Billy Bob Thornton as Walter Matthau's character, mm-hmm. um, Buttermaker, the drunken coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but for anybody who doesn't know, which is going to be very, very few of you, Bad News Bears is a movie from 1976 starring Walter Matthau um, as a beer for breakfast drinking chain smoking grumpy guy who used to play pro ball and is now coaching a little league team of misfit kids um and yeah it's it's just that classic setup you know the whole movie right there um and it is a it is beloved by many and i totally get why it is i personally found it boring <laughs> um but I like, and it's actually just because I don't have the nostalgic relationship there. I totally understand why this movie is beloved by those who grew up with it. Um, Especially uh, when they saw it, when it came out, because there are plenty of things that don't hold up some very inappropriate words. Um, (laughs) 
uh, I have written in my notes, uh oh, potty mouth kids. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> and you know, more than potty mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a movie from 1976. Uh, <laughs> but um, I totally understand why it's beloved. You know, uh, he, Walter Matthau's character, they, they're really in need of a pitcher. So he reaches out to his ex-girlfriend's daughter who he still is, or they don't, they don't have a friendship anymore, but you can tell they had a really nice father stepdaughter relationship and he taught her how to pitch and she's a killer pitcher. So he reaches out to her. Her name's Amanda and she, he gets her to join the team. So there's a girl pitcher and this bad boy kid joins who is actually the actor that later goes on to play Rorschach in the Watchmen movie. Um, I forget the actor's name, but he's very young in this and he's like a smoking kid who rides a motorcycle. Um, so it's kids. totally, if you're a little kid growing up in the seventies or eighties and watching bad news bears, it's totally fun. I get why it's a family classic. Um, but like I said, it's it to me, it felt uh, a little boring. And of course, uh, a lot of just corny jokes that are more for the parents in the room, like, oh, like the kids have to wear cups. <laughs> um, and but the, the there's really good characters, but uh, just not quite enough heart. It's really close. It's almost there. The relationship between. Walter Matthau's character and Amanda, the pitcher, is sweet because they kind of, there's moments where she's trying to reach out to him being like, you know, as a father figure and missing him. Um, But there's just not quite enough for me. I'm like, I'll give it a little more heart. Uh, Not enough montages because they're also not a good team. That's the thing. So, of course, the arc of the story is that the Bad News Bears are a bad team. (laughs) And uh, Walter Matthau starts out not caring. He's really there to just sit in, in the box and chain smoke and not do anything. But then the kids are so disappointed when they're they keep losing that he he kicks into gear and teaches them and they win some games. Um, but there's not enough training montages, in my opinion. If you're gonna have somebody go from bad to good, I <laughs> I need to see a montage. Please. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh yeah, so a little boring for me. I do, however, like that, and this is the same for actually a lot of kids' movies and a lot of kids' sports movies. Um, there is the classic theme of adults taking out their frustrations or insecurities on kids. And that manifests in the form of like way too much pressure on the kids to win instead of having fun. Mm -hmm. And then of course the point in the plot where an adult realizes that's what's happening. And then they say, you know what? No, this is about fun. Just have fun. So there is that element. And I, I really appreciate that element in a kid's movie story. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that. the bad news bears. Yeah. I haven't, I forgot that there was a remake of it. Cause I definitely saw the original when I was a kid, but like probably the TV edited version, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I haven't seen it since then. That's really interesting. I also, yeah. that really, I montages are so vital in baseball movies. Like that's one yeah. of the best things about a league of their own is that it is like most of the game scenes are montage based, except for, you know, like the last, you know, bottom of the inning where, you know, there's two outs. Oh, are they going to score before the end of the game? Because like, I truly love baseball so much, but it is an extremely boring sport if you're not there in person, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, because it's just so, it's so much of it is sitting around waiting for yeah. like the next pitch. Um, and I really love when a movie is really effective at like, capturing the parts of baseball that are thrilling without also like losing what makes it interesting as a game you know so I do I love a training montage or just like montages of people like hitting the ball are so choice exactly (laughs) and you know even if it was there uh it clearly didn't make an impression on Mm -hmm. me even if there maybe was some kind of montage it didn't make enough an impression on me but I can totally see a kid loving this movie you know yeah if you're watching it you're maybe excited because there's a tomboy girl picture or like the bad kids mm-hmm. exciting I I get it but for me I couldn't do it because I I didn't grow up loving it 
So I just thought it was kind of boring, but I do like the Linklater remake and I had totally forgotten that it was Linklater until someone reminded me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I only watched one other movie. I did. I did. (laughs) There is an episode of a TV show that I watched, but I, (laughs) but the only other movie I watched was actually a documentary, which I think you've probably seen, but I had never seen before. Um, it's called No No, a documentary. Oh, that's the one that I didn't get to, unfortunately, but I've seen clips of it, but yeah. I've never seen the whole thing. I had never seen it before. It's something that had has been on my list for a long time, but I just never made the time for it. Um, so this was really great to help me make the time. <laughs> but it's a documentary from 2014 about the uh, baseball player, Doc Ellis, who was a player for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 70s. (laughs) He was on the World Series winning team in 1971. He also pitched a no-hitter in 1970 while tripping on LSD. (laughs) Uh, And it's it's such an interesting documentary. It's also, like, a really well-made... It really, like, the pacing of the documentary is really good. It really captures, like, both this guy's life, but also, like, what's interesting about baseball. Like, it Mm -hmm. it just has a really interesting arc. Um, but basically Doc Ellis is this guy who, um, was black, an American player. Um, he was, he got hired by the Pittsburgh Pirates, I think in the late sixties. Um, and just like was an incredible player, like just loved baseball and was really good at it, but was also like kind of a punk, (laughs) (laughs) which is always like the kind of the best subjects for documentaries are people who are like talented but but also kind of jerks oh, <laughs> like are just like interesting and complicated yeah um but yeah it's just it has it's really interesting he's just a really interesting person and like the people who they interview about him have such a nuanced view of him as a person and it really makes you feel like you are actually um learning about somebody's like full not obviously not their full life but um it just feels much more two-dimensional or three-dimensional than many biopics would be mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's really just a lot of it is also about like drug culture in the 60s and 70s in baseball, which was huge. Like, lots yeah. of that. like there's like a crazy number of like they were like, you know, 70% of major league baseball players were like doing drugs all the time, like yeah. on cocaine while playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I um, know there's there's probably a documentary about the, the Mets in the mm-hmm. 80s, right? That's like totally. infinite, the infamous Mets. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it was just very interesting. Um, He also, part of the arc of the documentary is that um, his drug use got really intense. And he also, he played on the Pittsburgh Pirates with Roberto Clemente, who's like famously a really amazing player who died really young in a plane crash. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really like spun his life, Doc Ellis's life like into a tailspin. And he was like doing a lot of drugs and just like really not well. but through like a couple of intense events in his life decided to like go to rehab and actually became a drug counselor. Uh, And something that's really sweet in the movie is that like they taught, they interview a couple, he's passed away now. I think he passed away in 2008, I want to say. But they interview a couple of people who he counseled who then like turned around and also became counselors and like started these other like really amazing community projects. And it's just like, very lovely oh that's <laughs> uh, great yeah and there's just like a couple scenes where they do inter- like doc ellis is in it because he must he was interviewed before he passed away but um he's just like a really interesting guy and like there are a couple of scenes where he like breaks into tears and oh. i too broke into tears because yeah. when you see somebody cry i too will cry oh yes oh um, yes but yeah it was really interesting because also like something that i was thinking about while i was looking for baseball movies is how baseball is is actually a very diverse sport like there's a lot of black and brown players but you don't really see that many movies about black and brown players other than like Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. um and yeah it's just really interesting like something he also Doc Ellis uh in in 1971 I think of the World Series winning team of the Pittsburgh Pirates they had the first team that was all non-white players Oh, whoa. Uh, like not in, like in major league baseball. Yeah. Um, and this, and it just kind of like happened accidentally and everybody's like weird, <laughs> like how did that happen? <laughs> you know? And like, then didn't happen again for a while after that. Yeah. So it's just like, there's, it, there's just like all these really interesting moments in history that I'm like, what, where like this, the, uh, 
you know, the narrative movies about this. And I'm sure there are some, but I had a really hard time finding any. And I was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to watch some more. Like, I feel like baseball is such an interesting, complicated sport. And like, there are a lot of different angles to go at it to make a movie. Um, so it was fun to watch a documentary, but it also made me feel like where I want to watch like a, a fun movie about the like 80s Pittsburgh Pirates team. <laughs> like the yeah. 70s. Yeah. <laughs> um, does this documentary have the animated sequence in it about taking the acid? There, yes. It has okay. like uh it's there, it's not like super there's like a couple of short animated sequences, but may, I'm not sure. Okay, because what I've seen is an animated sequence that's just an interview with Doc Ellis telling the story that's been animated. And I always thought that was part of the documentary, but maybe not because that's oh, what I've th- seen. And it's so, so, it's like a little short film. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Oh, that sounds you great. Know, I'll yeah. send it to you. It, he talks about um, l- looking at his hand and seeing the baseball in it and it looked really tiny in his hand. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, that is not in the documentary. That sounds great. So I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I love his descriptions of how he was like, yeah, I was like, high as a kite, like tripping balls, and like yeah. did not know what was happening. Like, t- like, because he also, as the story goes, he took LSD like the night before, thinking that he was like, oh, I don't have to pitch until the day after tomorrow. And then he like is greeted by his manager or somebody being like, You have to go out there. And he's like, What? Yeah. He's like, What he happened to was, yesterday? He got the day wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um, but he's Where just like, oh, sorry, uh, oh it's it's streaming on stars or you can rent it. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's so interesting. It's also uh just for like if you're not familiar with baseball, what a no hitter is, it's basically when a pitcher makes all gets through all nine innings without anybody getting a hit off of him, which is really rare. Like I think I looked it up. Yeah. There's there have been 300 no hitters in MLB history. Whoa. <laughs> so like, and, and I also love he describes it as like a very messy, ugly no hitter because he like hit players a couple times. <laughs> but nobody got a hit off of him. So it's, it still counts. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Like, it's, it's so, so rad. Yeah. Yep. God, I love baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh um this is the last movie that I watched for this. I watched a movie that I haven't seen since it was out pretty much. Uh, I watched 1994's Angels in the Outfield, yes. baby. <laughs> and again, much like I said with Finding Ohana, why that movie was so special is because they just don't make them like they used to. And that's... That's why Finding Ohana was special because I felt like an attempt at making them like they used to, <laughs> which Angels in the Outfield just reminded me so much of the same, that same thing. Um, some very real drama, real life drama, a lot of crazy sweetness. Um, I loved my rewatch. Of course it was a cheesy kids movie, but it was great. Yes. So, Angels in the Outfield stars, which I did not remember, a little tiny Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the main character, and his name is Roger, and he lives with his friend JP. They're both foster kids, and they live in a temporary foster home, and their foster mom's really sweet. I can't remember her character's name, Uh, but they live in Anaheim, California, right near the California Angels Stadium, and they're both big baseball fans. And Roger, um, his mother is dead and his father willingly gives him to the state. His father does not want to be his father. Uh, and he, he doesn't really understand this. His father shows up kind of early in the movie to say, as we see it, to say goodbye to Roger. But Roger doesn't really understand that. He asks his dad, when are we going to be a family again? And his dad says, well, maybe when the angels win, because the angels are a really bad team. And so Roger goes to bed and prays for the angels to win so he can be a family again with his dad. And some real angels come out of the sky to help the angels team win. And let me tell you a little bit about the team. Their manager is Danny Glover. Uh, He is just at wit's end with this big team of dumb hunks. (laughs) They're all idiots. Um, (laughs) You really have to suspend your disbelief when it comes to that, because it is for kids. So they're very buffoonish Uh, in real life. You'd be like, these would never be major league ball players. (laughs) Like this is ridiculous. Um, But 
On the team, by the way, we got a very young Adrian Brody, a very young Matthew McConaughey. Um, and oh my gosh, who else? There's it is stacked. Tony Danza oh is on God. there. Um yeah, so the angels are awful. But when the angels come to help out the angels, they do things like lift Matthew McConaughey up off the ground so he can catch this ball and uh, help them out a little bit. So the angels all of a sudden miraculously start winning and Roger is the only one who can see them. And of course, nobody believes somebody who's the only one who can see angels, um, which is a point of contention in the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was super, super sweet. Uh, I love that JP, who um, his his best buddy, Roger's best friend in the movie, who, let me look up the actor, but I know he didn't really do anything after this movie. Um, oh, where is he? I can't find the actor. I'm so, oh, Milton Davis Jr. plays JP. Um, but even though JP is the best friend character, he gets a, he gets a good character arc too which I really appreciate because you don't find that often, but you learn about his past and his trauma and there's a really happy ending and he gets to be a part of it too. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's a big moment toward the end where the music swells. I mean, should I spoil it? I don't know if I should. I, you know, <laughs> dealer's choice. I think probably lots of people have seen it, but also it's I kind know. of fun. I honestly, I'm thinking about it and I definitely haven't seen it since I was a kid either. So I don't remember how it ends. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I just want to tell you, well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not no, do it. telling this very clearly. It's okay. <laughs> by the way, the head angel is played by Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I, I lead with that? That's <laughs> bonkers. Um, but Tony Danza is the pitcher for the team and he used to be a star player on another team and he is, not been doing well so he has also a very nice character arc that has some sadness to it some very early disney like kind of gut punch sadness but it's also very sweet because christopher lloyd at one point tells roger he's like he's gonna join us in six months he doesn't know brutal it's his, i know it's so <laughs> brutal <laughs> but you know they help him pitch an amazing game and also another great lesson to learn in a kid's movie. The angels help them, but when it's the championship game, it's all them, baby. The Not angels can't help the angels, but it's okay. Cause by now they believe in themselves <laughs> and Tony Danza pitches a swell game and goes out on top. It's beautiful. And it made me sob. It made yes. me sob. <laughs> That's um, baseball, baby. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm really not doing it. Honestly, I'm not doing it a justice because the final scene is just so sweet. It's yes. a real gusher. It's a real <laughs> gusher. Uh, yeah. Believing in yourself. The secret was beautiful. <laughs> believing in yourself all along. You had the skill. You just needed the confidence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's part of the 90s when there was kind of a little bit of Christianity and everything. Uh, there's not like a lot of God presence in this, but there's definitely faith. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I mean, angels are in it. So. <laughs> exactly. But there, you know, I will say the angels are a little bit more like Clarence, the angel and it's a mm -hmm. wonderful life where he's definitely an agent of God, but <laughs> there's not much talk about it at school. They're not denominational <laughs> angels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it really made me cry and I had a really, really wonderful time rewatching it. I think if you have kids, this would be so fun to watch with them. Also like nothing cringy to me. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing that made me be like, Ooh, that didn't hold up. Well, movie from 1994. Can't say that about summer catch, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, angels in the outfield was really really sweet I think I got more out of it than I did when I was a kid <laughs> totally yeah um and definitely the saccharine sweet uplifting baseball story that I was looking for yeah yeah totally uh, really delivers <laughs> boy did it hit the home run you know oh my gosh out of the park 
out of the park. <laughs> so good. Uh, um, well, yeah. Do you want to gently transition into our what we're looking forward to and some recommendations for? Yeah, people? we got we got to wrap it up. It's the bottom of the ninth. It really is. The bases <laughs> are loaded. Are we going to make it? <laughs> Jenny, do you have anything to recommend or anything that you're looking forward to watching? I do. I have a recommendation to those of you out there who maybe watched the Oscars or are aware of them at all. Neither Amanda nor I did. But, <laughs> but I do know a movie that won, I think it won Best International Film is uh, Another Round, which is a movie from 2020, which I really love. I watched it in December. Um, I think it was during one of our long breaks, so I didn't bring it up, but it's directed by Thomas Vinterberg. Uh, it's Danish. It stars Mads Mikkelsen, uh, a man who, whom I love, whom I am devoted to. Fan of the show, Mads Mikkelsen. Fan of the show, Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's about four middle-aged guys who do a social experiment where they decide to be just a little bit drunk all the time. Uh, and it's delightful. It's really, it's fun, but also moving. And I think they're going to do an American remake of it. And that's probably going to be really bad. So I would watch the Danish one. Yeah, they almost always are. Yeah. Oh, fun. And I think that is streaming on... Hulu? It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu yeah. right now. And it just is like, it's, it's just a very subtle, lovely movie. And like the last five minutes are amazing. They're so good. It's a <sighs> great movie. <laughs> oh, I know it's so funny when I see it pop up, I guess because I know so lightly what it's about. I think it's going to be like a, a comment, like a dude mm-hmm. comedy that I'm not interested in. So it's always nice to hear that that's, it actually has a little more dimension to it. It's good. Not that a dude comedy isn't great sometimes, but. Totally. It has, you know. I mean, it has some dude comedy energy for sure, but it's a little, it's a little subtler than that. It's nice. Yeah. Um, I actually have a baseball recommendation. Yes. <laughs> so I thought about this movie kind of last minute for this show. And that's okay because I've already seen it. And there's not, baseball is really just the backdrop to it. So <laughs> I'm going to recommend to you The Fan from 1996. As Jenny knows, I'm a huge fan of the obsession thriller drama. And The yes. Fan is one of those. So Robert De Niro is an obsessed fan of a certain baseball team. And I'm going to look up which team it's supposed to be in a second. But Wesley Snipes plays a newly traded player onto the team. And uh, Robert De Niro's character really zeroes in on Wesley Snipes and becomes obsessed with them. They have a personal run-in where they kind of become buddies. And then it goes a little too far. Well, two beyond past buddies, Robert De Niro's character can't get enough of Wesley Snipes. And it's a heck of a lot of fun. I think The Fan is a great, fun movie. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. I really want to watch that. Yeah. Oh, it's a Tony Scott movie. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's totally fun. Um, It looks like it's streaming for purchase on uh, Amazon and YouTube and such, but Totally recommend The Fan if you, too, love an obsession thriller. Obviously, it's got two great lead actors in it, Robert De Niro, De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Uh, so, yeah, check it out, The Fan. Man. Yeah. Hey, Amanda, if you had to play a position on a baseball team, what position would you play? Wow, that's so funny. I have that right here in my notes, too. Oh my God. Um, everybody knows this kid is the charismatic coach. <laughs> what about you Jenny what position would you play I think I might I'm either like a catcher or a shortstop like I'm not an outfielder but I I definitely I you know I kind of need to be close to home a catcher I feel like has a a guiding role but is also a big part of the team yeah shortstop I'm not really sure what they do but they hang out between second and third base I don't know what they do either (laughs) Um, um they... I can see you as a catcher, like smacking gum behind that little cage helmet. Yeah, totally. And, you know, doing the finger symbols. Yeah, I think I'd look really hot in a catcher outfit. <laughs> I think you would too. I think that we both really understand our roles on a baseball team. Yeah, totally. Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't wait for you to coach me to victory. Yeah, no, I'm 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 your butter maker, Walter yes. Matthau. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. this has been dim the lights with jenny and amanda 
Yes, it has. We are on every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from seven to eight. And as you just heard, we chat about movies. We pick a different theme each time and talk about whatever 